0: Hello, ladies and gents. Welcome to another special, special episode of Sound Collision with your host Josiah Emanuel-Selina, also known as Joe Memo. I've got one of my new favorite up-and-coming pop stars from the UK on the show today, and her name is Nina Schofield. Nina, how are you?
1: I'm very well, thanks. How are you?
0: Awesome. So introduce yourself to the people. I'll give you like a bit of a 30-second to a minute intro on yourself before I get into some questions for you, just so the people can get introduced to you, and then we'll continue from there.
1: Sure thing. So I'm Nina Schofield. I I am a singer-songwriter and pianist from the UK. Um, I spend a lot of my time writing songs for other people as well as myself. But I am currently recording for my next releases in Sweden, and um, I've been touring the UK and getting very excited about what is to come. So that's a little about me.
0: Nina is a really amazing discovery. I was like, listening to her album Shapes on Heavy Repeat. And when I listened to it front to back, I was like, this album sounds, from a production standpoint, very close uh, to Dea's Sit so Still Look Pretty album. And then vocally, I felt like you were a blend between a dance artist from South Africa named J. Joe. Okay. And, and I think also also Dea as well. I do understand the Ellie Goulding reference as well. I think that's a great comparison. Yeah. But for some reason, that that's just how I felt when I heard it. I was pleasantly surprised I did not find one bad song on the project (laughs) yeah I'm not one to lie to people and I am an album person so when I do find an album that I don't find one song that I don't mind not skipping it's it's pretty pretty amazing I want you to get the people very quickly familiar with that project because since it's your your main one on the market at the moment what was your inspiration behind that project how much time and effort did you have to put into that project and then a little later on I'll ask you a little bit into your background inspiration you get started
1: sure so that that album really was a labor of love um i did not live in london at the time when i was recording it but i was driving back and forth um pretty much every couple of days to um to try and work on it with the producer joe Pereira up in london and um It kind of um, started out as a project. I knew it was going to turn into an album, but it kind of started out as, let's just see what happens. And and, um, I had some songs that I'd already written, um, things like uh, 100, which is the first track on the album, and um, HIH, which is the the final track on the album. I'd already written these songs and I knew I wanted to get them produced for a project, um, but I didn't know what it was going to turn into. Um, And um, I ended up writing a few songs like Lost All Feeling and Come Down with Joe Pereira. And it just started shaping into an album. And at the same time, I was getting to know the, the label that was going to eventually release the project. And the timing all kind of came together and we were like, you know what, let's make this an album. And yeah, it kind of went a bit mental from there. And I, as I, I say, I was up there in London working on it as much as I could, as often as I could. And suddenly we had these, these tracks and um, it just made sense to me to call it Shapes because it was like the shapes of my life at that time and it explores the relationships that I had with other people and the relationship that I had with myself at that time as well.
0: Awesome. I noticed... What made you a breath of fresh air to me personally? Because I listen to a a hella ton of music. My collection is probably like 20,000 or more songs, but (laughs) yeah. But what made you a, a breath of fresh air to me was like, I felt like there's a sense of purity and genuineness that I didn't find in a lot of artists that I found in your music. It didn't sound so processed or so filtered by like major. Industry, like, um, how should I say, qualifications or what have you. I, I'd, I'm not really one to advise artists so early, but I kind of feel like I definitely don't want you to lose that because I think that's your hot ticket to success.
1: Well, thank you. It's interesting you say that, actually, because... That's probably what caused us the most problems in getting the album um, to more of a mainstream press is that it wasn't seen necessarily as it fit in a certain box at the time. So we have um, a couple of main radio stations over here in the UK and um, they kind of were indicating that it was like a mix between the two of them. And so instead of it being like, no, it's definitely this, yeah, we're going to run with it. It was more like, "Um, well, we're not sure right now. We're going to see what else happens. And, you know, so it's, it's kind of cool that you've said actually that's that's a breath of fresh air because maybe it reinforces that it was the right decision to make even though it necessarily didn't get me where I wanted to go, if that makes sense.
0: <laughs> it's a tough fence to walk on because I kind of feel like you're indie enough to be completely separated from the rest, but I also kind of feel like you're mainstream enough that I think it's insulting that you're not charting. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm I'm dead serious about that. Like I know your Smelly videos have like 100,000 plus, but I kind of feel like all your original songs should have that at bare minimum. I'm definitely wishing you the best for the future. Tell me a little bit on how you got started. How old were you when you first initially started songwriting and what inspired you to get into singing because especially when I was watching your Charlie Puth album review you were hitting some crazy good notes I think you were <laughs> I was like okay I heard her on the record but she's actually keeping up with Charlie pretty pretty decent
1: oh thank you very much <laughs> yeah so I started singing well my mom tells me I started singing when I was in the pram so apparently Um, she'd be pushing me along and she'd hear me kind of just making up little melodies and she'd think hmm okay, she's not just, you know, screaming or like making weird noises. She's actually doing something. And she was a pianist and she had a piano in the house. So I grew up with music and uh, it just kind of seemed a a natural progression, I guess. I can't remember not being able to play the piano, which I guess is a a lovely thing to be able to say. And I just started writing as soon as as I could, I guess. Um, And I wrote my first proper song that I really thought, hmm, actually, maybe, maybe I'm, I'm okay at this. Um, When I was about um, a Eleven, and, uh, and, nice. it, and it sort of went from there and I started writing and I say with quotation marks albums and I sort of played them to my friends and said you know what do you think and they helped me kind of I guess, I guess that's like a mini sort of marketing thing isn't it I didn't know what I was doing at the time but <laughs> I was doing a sort of a mini marketing test and yeah it just kind of went from there and, and I love it so it didn't really feel like um, work or anything like that I've just loved it from a very young age
0: last but not least some of the artists who have truly inspired you over the years to grow in your craft and your art who do you aspire to be the most like in the future when it comes to your artist success story
1: that is a tough question you know because it's ever-changing i think when i was younger i listened to such a broad spectrum of artists i couldn't even name one in particular that grabbed me for longer than maybe half a year or something but i guess my main musical inspiration would be Coldplay play and and Imogen and Heap, elements of different artists' songs like "Life on Mars" by David Bowie, and yeah, it's a really difficult thing to to button down. But I also grew up listening to you know people like Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera, and you know when I'm a child, these these were my idols. You know I was growing up listening to pop music, and pop music is is what I really, really, truly love. And they were the, the big singers at the time. So, of course, I listened to their records. But alongside all of this, I was also learning to play the piano classically and I was learning to sing classically. So, I also listened to a lot of classical music. Yeah, that kind of... It was a bit weird, kind of... Uh, it's sort of all mishmashed into one big inspiration for me. That is
0: amazing. And uh, currently, funny you mentioned Christina Aguilar because I'm currently going through her masterclass for the art of singing. And Oh, really? She is a real masterful teacher at... Just- being natural and finding the beauty and imperfections when it comes to creating art and yeah and then of course i know there's a lot of stereotypical people out there when it comes to the mainstream industry but i always tell them never let a person's genre fool you into thinking that they're not listening to a wide variety of music because most of the time they truly are and that's that's what makes them great at the end of the day
1: that's so true you know when i was growing up as well i listened to a lot of dance music and at the time I I kind of just thought that there wasn't much talent involved in that. And I, you know, just in my immaturity. And then as I grew up and I started to get into songwriting and writing for dance music, I realized actually, no, there is a great deal of talent that goes into that. And the, the songs that I loved as a child, I thought, meh, you know, I love it, but. It's, made, it's not like Michael Jackson. I kind of realized, oh, actually, hang on a sec. You know, someone actually had to really know their craft to be able to make this. So, you know, there's there's beauty in every every t- single genre.
0: So now getting into the show, because now I think the people have got a much broader idea of who Nina Schofield is. When I first sent you that risky link to my show, what was your first impressions? Of what, I'm not sure how many snippets you heard of Brit Nicole, but what were your first impressions of her?
1: I Do you know what I really like Brit Nicole. Um I have one of her albums so for me that was that was kind of cool because over in the UK she's not necessarily a big artist at all but I have a real soft spot for her and yeah so for me that was like a big big thumbs up.
2: <laughs> Did you-
0: by Bonnie McKee, the co-writer for Katy Perry's Wide Awake, and of course featured on Stevie Oki's hit Afroki, and up against Sunshine Girl by Brit Nicole, which reminds me of the glorious glamour days of when pop still had a pop rock edge to it back in middle and high school.
1: So, I thought that the chorus of Sunshine Girl was really interesting, because instead of following the normal kind of chord sequences that you get in a lot of uh, pop songs, it went somewhere slightly different. It kind of caught my ear, caught my attention and I really like that in pop songwriting. So that was my favourite kind of part of that song. It was like a fun fresh summery kind of song and I'd say that's the same kind of vibe that American Girl is, which I guess is why they're up against each other. I think American Girl has won that one for me because of the post-chorus um, in that song, which not only do I love the chord sequence there, but I also really, really, really liked the lyrics. So I was raised by a television. That is such a standout lyric to me. I, as soon as I heard that, I was like, winner.
0: So that's a Bonnie McKee vote from Miss Nina Schofield. For me, I hope this doesn't sound too bad coming from an American myself, but uh, um, American Girl, I do think is kind of the, excuse my language, the sad description of the, the typical Southern American hoe. (laughs) And and that's pretty much how they're raised and how the sexy redheads of the South kind of behave. Especially the standout line to me was, I don't listen to mommy. So that pretty much sums up everything else she said in the song. But yeah, it does have a lot of stick-out lines, and I do feel it's the kind of hit song that had Katy Perry recorded it, it would have probably been a perfect fit on the Teenage Dream record. Now, Sunshine Girl, I also get the exact same vibe from it. I do appreciate, though, the more uplifting, no matter what your mood is, that uh, she can be the type of girl that can be, like, that sunshine for any type of day you're going through. So, I like how the lyrics and the verses kind of went back and forth between good moods and bad moods for a bunch of myriad of different reasons. But, this might be a little unfair to it because of how dated it is. Sunshine Girls from Brit Nicole's debut album, when she was signed to Sparrow Records, and then, that was a 2007 track, and then Sunshine Girl, sorry, American Girls, a 2013 track. You do see the large buildup when it comes to the mixing and engineering. Do I judge it just based on the quality or how I feel about the song as a whole. I do feel Bonnie McKee did a little more vocal fluctuations that I would have liked to improve the highs and the lows of the song. So maybe I'm going to go with you and agree with Bonnie McKee.
1: Okay, there we go.
0: (laughs) All right, so let's get into round number two. Unfortunately, Brit Nicole, the main artist of the day, is one down, but we'll see if she could catch up for the next two.
3: Dress up to get in love, but guess what? I'm never gonna be that girl, who's living in a Barbie world Could wake up, and make up, and play dumb Pretending that I need a boy, who's gonna treat me like a toy I know the other girlies wanna wear expensive things, no diamonds peaceful.
0: Lark Remix by Brit Nicole going up against Sit Still Look Pretty by Dea. Gold, of course, is the most popular Brit Nicole song. The original version has, I think, 20 million plus views on YouTube. I remember even walking in malls in South Africa and hearing it blaring out of stores there, so that was pretty amazing. <laughs> now, let me say, about that song, that's pretty much everything great about Britney Nicole wrapped into one song. Her powerful singing ability, a little snippet of her spoken word rap style in the bridge, and then just an uplifting message. So, that that's pretty much sums up who she is as an artist. It pretty much is the reason why that is her n- her number one song. Now the remix version, I do appreciate that new take on it, but I think it, w- it was a little bit of a better match for for Dea's style because I think the original version was more like in the Katy Perry pop rock genre. Now Dea's song, no shade on it, I think it's kind of a safe radio hit though. It is a star-making moment for her though because people who are true Dea fans will notice that that was actually on her independent EP and surprisingly if not all the tracks were saved for her major label debut release so that's how impressive that EP was so um, that's one of the songs that was saved and the quality is amazing especially the fact that it was pre-recorded independently I think was phenomenal but like I said it didn't have the production for me didn't carry as much layers as even the remix version for Gold did. And it had like this rising pulsating scent to it as well that kind of made me prefer it just by a tiny bit. So I'm gonna give it to Brit. What about you?
1: I totally agree with you. The standout moment for that was just, as soon as Gold came on, I was like, yes, this is a tune. It's such a good song. It's it's the song that introduced me to Brit Nicole. So, um, you know, I have fond memories of it. I've not heard of that remix before either. So that was kind of interesting and a fresh listen for the song, but, um, I think it just shows off not only her voice, but the the writing on that song is so good. It's pure pop, isn't it? It's just fantastic pop music. Um, and as you say, it has this uplifting message. And I can see that, you know, Daya was trying to do kind of the same thing, but with more maybe interesting lyrics, um, which I totally applaud. But I guess the the mass market appeal of gold was the fact that it's it's so straightforward. Like you can hear everything that she's saying in that song. So that one definitely wins for me. But yeah, I really do love De's voice, like she's got this really unique ability to um, hold a note and then right at the very end of it she flips it into this kind of breathy aspirate quality which um, you don't often get with a lot of singers and I think that's probably what makes you sit up and listen to every one of her tracks regardless of whether the song is her best or not but uh, yeah I guess the, the the song itself isn't necessarily one that I put on repeat whereas with gold
0: I would And the one more thing I'd say in, in daya's favor is that if you go watch her live shows she does have a charismatic pop rock edge to her as well when it comes to her her vocal presentation style and uh, it does give me high hopes for what my daughter might be like because she's a Punjabi white mix and then my wife is Pakistani Punjabi so maybe my daughter <laughs> maybe my daughter might end up singing like Daya, which will make me proud (laughs) 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 exactly so anyhow that round goes unanimously to brit like the first round went unanimously to the opposing vote now for the final round it is locked one one makes things even more interesting for the finals here we go here
2: i go and rounds again. Vintage you're my closest friend. Lack of sleep is what I do. Starbucks or rescue me again. Work more work and somewhere to be. Skip the talk, can't you just text me? I'm on slow down, I'm on it. I'm going crazy. Cause when it Go solo, forget it, I'm ready to go. But there's a no, no more drama to mess up my flow, no more questions to answer. No. Pack my bags, y'all, I'm out here.
4: A beast i call her karma she eats your heart out like jeffrey Dahmer. be careful try not to lead her on shawty heart is on steroids cause her love is so strong you may fall in love when you meet her if you get the chance you better keep her she sweet as pie, but if you break her heart she turns cold as a freezer that fairy tale ending with a in shiny armor she can be my sleeping beauty i'm gonna put her in a coma Shot it so bad, I sprung and I don't care. She rapped me like a roller coaster, turned the bedroom into a fair. Her love is like a drug. I was trying to hit it and quit it, but little mama sold dope. I messed around and got addicted.
0: There's no going back now. we reached the end of the show. Dark Horse by Katy Perry and Juicy J up against, I think it's the My Kid Brother remix. That's right. By Holiday. So, not by Holiday. Holiday by Britney. Nicole. (laughs) That's actually a modern 2015 remix of, again, another track taken from her debut album, Holiday. And two little secrets I'll let you in on in case you didn't know. That remix was actually remixed by her now uh, former drummer, now husband. And oh. <laughs> yeah, what was the other secret? Oh, yeah, now instead of Sparrow Records, she is now signed to the same label as Katy Perry Capital. No! Yes. <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah, that's right. All right, so let's get your thoughts on these two, Nina.
1: Okay, so yeah, this was an interesting one. um I had not heard Holiday before, so obviously I've heard Dark Horse. I mean, that song was everywhere when it came out. <laughs> Um, So, yeah, this was an interesting one for me because I had a slight bias towards Dark Horse anyway because I know it and love it. But for me, Holiday, there was a lot going on in that song. There was a lot going on and I think what I felt was the chorus maybe got slightly lost in everything that was going on and the verses were a bit stronger Um, and I loved at the end of the track they had this really cool kind of descending bass line on a, a really heavy synth that followed a really interesting rhythmic pattern and that really caught my attention and I kind of wish that that had been further back in the song, maybe at the beginning and then somewhere in the middle. I don't know, that felt really hooky to me. But yeah, so that song was maybe not necessarily my favorite just in terms of just everything kind of felt a bit too much in the chorus, but I appreciated so many different elements of it. And so really good job, but Dark Horse is gonna be my favorite for a couple of different reasons. The first one is It's Simplicity, it is such a simple song when you break it down and you really listen to it, it's so simple. And yet, each hook in that song is really effective. It's like you could separate all the different hooks up and they could in turn be the main hook in another song. And I think that is so special. And that song, it just kind of captured something when it was released. I don't know what it was, it was like there was this magic about it. Um, And it was so different from Katy Perry, even though you know it's still technically a fun pop song in terms of its lyrical content. I don't know. It just—it's called Dark Horse, and it's kind of a dark pop song, and I love it. I have to choose it
0: now. I'm going to half agree with you and half disagree with you. Okay. Um, <laughs> now, what I'm going to say about Dark Horse is that, in a little partial agreement to what you said, uh, to back you up there, I do think Kay Perry's verses were much weaker than Britney Cole's verses, right. but yeah. her chorus was her standout. I don't think there's any comparison as fun as the chorus for me is on holiday i think there's no comparison to how bright and pulsating katy perry's chorus is and that's why she's one of the queens of pop because her knowledge for formulating choruses that stick you brain dead for life is kind of her number one trait so if nothing ever stands out to you about a katy perry song you will remember the chorus you found simplicity to be its strength i found simplicity to unfortunately be its weakness Um, I think Holiday was such a much more well-layered track um, that I feel would be a ton more interesting in a live setting as opposed to Dark Horse. I feel like Dark Horse, once you've heard it once, it's kind of like it, while Holiday will probably make you keep coming back to hear any production points you might have missed. This is tough for me because... I have, like, a pros and cons list for both songs, but I think the only one that is edging it for me is the more interesting production, so I'm going to have to go with Brit on that one. Okay. So, which means it's a dead-end lock, which means no result. So, Brit Nicole has tied with what we deem to be the mainstream standards. So how do you feel about Brit as we close out? Do you feel that she's on par with these artists or has some room to grow? Or what would your advice be for her as an artist?
1: Before I answer that question, can you tell me when Holiday was released compared to Dark Horse?
0: You talk about the original version or this remix version?
1: The original version.
0: 2007.
1: 2007. Interesting. I think Britney Cole does what she wants. I, th- I think she encompasses pop music in her own way, and and in that sense, she does stand up to to the mainstream. But I think there's always this element when you're listening to her that she, you know, she's doing what she wants to do. And sometimes when you listen to a pop artist, it kind of sounds like they're doing what they've been told to do. So in that sense, I think she definitely stands up to the mainstream. Yeah, I think we. we... We listened to some really, really strong songs today, but my overall favorite is gold. So I think that probably answers your question.
0: That is the superior song and that actually yeah. is the song and the album that got her signed to Capital in the first place. Capital, I'm not even sure, was giving her attention on her first two albums anyhow, right. so there you go. I would say yeah, I do get the sense that Brit also is doing what she wants to do even though you notice that she is deeply inspired by almost every major pop artist out there. Yeah. You yeah. could also tell that there's a sensibility, like I described about your artistry earlier, of genuineness and purity that you feel like she's doing what she wants to do and you don't feel like she's enslaved to a ton of label expectations
1: so sure and it's still possible to do that in pop music i think a lot of people don't understand that you can be a pure pop artist and still be doing what you want to do i think a lot of people think that as soon as you do that like you've sold out or you're being controlled by some dude you know at the top of the chain
0: this might be the most rebellious example but i think the last artist to really show us that in my opinion was probably lady gaga Right. So yeah, she was like we hadn't gotten an artist like that probably since Madonna prior to that who could really like be with mainstream standards but at the same time like do whatever the f she wants. So
1: Absolutely. Yeah, no shame in that.
0: I want people to know more about where they can find about this amazing album called Shapes by Nina Schofield. I want them to know how to find your website because your website is amazingly designed. Shout out to Time Studios for that. And um and yeah, so give the people all your social media links, uh, where to find you, uh, how to keep posted for your new project, and then we'll sign out of here.
1: Okay, great. So you can find me on my website at www.ninascofield.com. You can find me on Facebook. It's forward slash Nina Schofield Music. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. It's the same thing, at Nina underscore Schofield. You could Snapchat me. It's just Nina Schofield. No spaces, no nothing. Is that everything? There's so many new social medias these days. I can't keep up.
0: (laughs) I like how your website keeps it simplified because (laughs) most people's websites nowadays probably have like 10 to 20 social links. Your only has the the main three, which most people really care about. (laughs) Yeah,
1: well, I reckon if you're going to find one, you're maybe going to try and, you know, find out what the others are. You'll find me. If you just Google me, it comes up.
0: And then, uh, last but not least, one final question I wanted to ask you, which I forgot to ask you before. What was your first live? experience like when you had to share your first original song live? What was that like for you?
1: Okay, so that was, so my very first gig um, kind of came about unexpectedly. I only found out that I was going to do it on the day because uh, I had made friends with a promoter and someone had pulled out of one of his gigs and he rang me and he was like, Nina, are you free today? Can you come and do this? And because I had been um, writing all these songs and I guess rehear- you would call it rehearsing them um, day in, day out—but I didn't really see it as rehearsal. I was just continually playing them because um, I love to do it. I was ready, so I said, "Yeah, sure, I'll come on down." And um, and I just felt—I just felt ready, to be honest with you. Um, I was very nervous. Um, but I, I I, just had my piano and myself, my voice and I got up there and, and it was like I was life paused for a moment, you know I was taken oh, wow. to another place um, and it wasn't like a massive audience I think they're about I don't know, 50, 60 people there, but that was enough for me, you know? I got the bug from doing that. I was like, yeah, okay, this is what I want to do.
0: And ladies and gentlemen, that's the perfect way to end the show. A real dreamer can perform for 10 the way they perform for (laughs) 10,000. So yeah, you get the same butterflies and that's how you know, that's what you should be doing for the rest of your life. (laughs) so anyway nina it's been an honor having you on the show thank you for being my most high profile guest i'm gonna remember this for life
1: oh thank you thank you so much for having me
4: It wasn't tall enough